On this week's episode of Strange and Beautiful Book Club, we have a special guest, Eric Hansen from the Cradle to the Grave podcast. If you haven't checked out Eric's podcast, I highly recommend it. It's called Cradle to the Grave, and his description on Spotify is, My name is Eric, and as long as I can remember, I've loved horror. Horror movies, horror novels, horror comics. My life's milestones can be measured by the genre. It's given me years of entertainment, as well as countless sleepless nights. It has kept me young at heart and filled my mind with wonderful memories that I cherish. This podcast is my way of sharing those moments with you. So starting with my birth year of 1971, I will be listing my top 10 horror films of every year of my life and discussing each one in detail with a little help from my friends. Join us as we journey from the cradle to the grave. You can check out more about Eric by finding his podcast and listening to some of his wonderful episodes, or you can follow him on Instagram at cradle, the number two, the grave. That's cradle, the number two, the grave. His podcast is Cradle the Word to the Grave. Go check him out. hear you guys fine but i can't see you no no video man (laughs) we don't do that (laughs) i I dressed up and everything i dressed up and everything for the occasion oh no sorry (laughs) sweatpants all you can just go go ahead describe what you're wearing there that'll give Uh, us it's a creep show t-shirt creep show t-shirt and jean shorts (laughs) oh very nice I'm actually glad there is no video. Now that I think about it. <laughs> it's really, really cold here today, so I'm impressed with the shorts. Well, you know, I mean, I live in California, um, but it has been pretty chilly these last couple of days. So I don't know what I was thinking. Probably, I probably need to do laundry. That's probably why. <laughs> this is not Texas. Shorts, They've so. been getting slammed. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know the weather's crazy, man. I was just going to say, it's nice to meet you, Matt. I, I yeah. have already met Rachel. Um, but uh, yeah. How, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, we we missed you on the Peter Proud uh, episode. Yeah, he had the flu. Oh man, yeah. Are you feeling yeah. better? I hope. Oh yeah, it knocked me out hard for like three days. I have somehow, the last, since you know the pandemic started, have escaped getting COVID. I don't know if you've ha- have had COVID, nice. but um, most of, most of the people I know. Have had it. <laughs> Even people I that think have been triple I vaccinated. I did, but I tested negative. No, you tested positive. Oh, I did test positive. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, there. Okay, yeah, there was one one occurrence. I tested positive, and then I thought I got uh, one of the variants, uh-huh. and all the tests were negative. But it was the one that the like at home test doesn't catch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the first time we all got COVID was like actually right before my dad's funeral, <laughs> so oh, we no. were like, we had to do the greet everybody thing. And I was like, yeah. oh, this feels socially irresponsible. <laughs> 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 like, 
<laughs> I can't get out of it. It's like the one situation where you can't be like, sorry, right. can't go. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. But, but yeah, somehow I have escaped getting COVID. I probably just jinxed myself though. I'm probably no. going to get it tomorrow. So. No, congratulations. <laughs> so, okay. cool. Yeah. So I know you've listened to our podcast before. Well, you've listened mm-hmm. to the, a couple episodes, the horror related episodes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm trying to do more of. So we're doing it in rotation now. We're going to go. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you do the Forever Night episodes too, which I guess that's horror, right? That's a vampire. Yeah, it's horror. It's TV. I, guess. I have not mm-hmm. watched any Forever Night episodes though. I probably need to. Not ever. I I know what it is, but I've never, I've never gone down the Forever Night rabbit hole. Well, Matt hadn't either, so he's <laughs> he's experiencing them for the first time, and I'm experiencing them for like. What the year did that two. come out? Uh, 1993 was the first season. 92, I thought. Well, 92 to 93. Okay. And then the movie, the made-for-TV pilot, which has Rick Springfield in it, was 1989. Rick Springfield is in the pilot. Yeah. Now I definitely have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick Springfield's the titular vampire yeah. character. Right? Yeah. The movie's Sweet. a whole different vibe yeah. than the TV show. Yeah, they redid the pilot. Does he try to bite Jesse's girl? I mean, no. I hope. <laughs> <Unfortunately>. <laughs> um, it's it's funny, actually, unintentionally funny. I'll definitely them. check it out yeah. for sure. All right, so you generously sure. watched The Wisdom of Crocodiles for me. <laughs> Wait, I want no. I watched a, a movie called Immortality. Oh, did I did I mess up? Immortality is such a dumb title. <laughs> it was like the U.S. release. It was, of the movie. It was and you can't even search for it. It's like, oh, you mean this like Chinese drama? Yeah, that what one. What was the reasoning behind the cha- the switch of the title? I don't know. I think they just thought American audiences were too. Um, Lowest common denominator to appreciate wisdom of Too the crocodiles. Too shallow. I don't know. <laughs> wisdom of the crocodiles is a cool name. Yeah, I would have gone to see that movie if I saw a movie called Immortality. I'd be like, meh. I don't know. What's that? It's a cool be band about? name too. Like, I'd go see a band called Wisdom of the Crocodiles. Like hell yeah, I want to see this band play. Yeah, and it's the but title. Immortality. Blah. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> I, it, it's like that television show called Forever. Do you remember? It ran for like one season, and it was literally no. called Forever. Forever. <laughs> like I spend can't, some time on the title people like come on i can't google it i can't whatever i have to put like forever <laughs> tv show and then an actor name and then they're like oh that that otherwise they just anyway which but the yes, main uh, actor's name is pretty distinctive so it's easy to search yeah. yeah but i did watch wisdom of the crocodiles yes i did you asked me to although you first asked me to watch Near Dark. Yeah. And, and man, I wish you would have stuck with Near Dark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought about no. it and then I thought, you know, he's seen Near Dark. So I know you're going to love is it. true. So I kind of wanted one that we could. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not I just never, both be like, this movie's so great. It is so great. I know. I've I never heard part. of this film before. And I'm a huge vampire fan. Like, um, you're my right favorite. Up there with Rachel. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> subgenre of horror is vampires. Um, my favorite, probably my favorite horror movie is Salem's Lot, the mm. 1979 made for TV movie. Uh, um, and I grew up, you know, watching the Christopher Lee hammer films like that for, for whatever reason, vampires just stuck with me. And I, and I know there, you know, but there's so many crappy vampire movies out there. <laughs> oh, yes, there are. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's like a love hate relationship with, with <laughs> vampires. Um, I love them and then I hate them. Yeah. Well, I hate the movie. I don't hate the vampire. Let's put it that way. That's that's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't hate. I didn't hate. It's this an movie. execution. No, I'm. I really enjoy this movie, which is why I wanted to see your take on it. Um, mm-hmm. This was a direct to video release. No, actually, I think it came out in the theaters in the U.S., but it came out like the same year as Blade and John Carpenter's Vampires. So I think they thought, oh, oh, vampires, they're big right now. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And Jude Law was completely unknown. So they released it and it made, I think, $12,000 in theaters, world, uh, you know, countrywide. Understandably. <laughs> now, it sounds like you've done I, your research. Is this Jude Law's first film? Was it's he? not his first, but it's relative. He's unknown. This he's is so young. This is pre-talented. I know. History. He's like little baby Jude Law. Like, oh, look how, look how little he is. Yeah. He's like 12. He actually got his role in Talented Mr. Ripley from this movie because the wife of the director of Talented Mr. Ripley directed this movie. Okay. So he was like, oh, who's that? She's like, oh, that's Jude Law. And he's like, well, I must have him. <laughs> I must have him in my movie. Don't we all say that when we see Jude Law? Yes. We definitely do. All right. So I know you've listened to a couple of our episodes, which I was leading into, but we kind of talked yeah. through the synopsis, not to get through the synopsis necessarily, but just to remind us of all the stuff we wanted to shoot the shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'll just go, and if you want to interrupt me, please feel free, and then okay. just rant as needed. Okay, I'm ready to rant. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> uh, so this is a pretty uh, artsy movie, I guess, and it has a lot of what would become fairly well-known actors, although they're not necessarily well-known at the time, like the guy who plays Peter Pettigrew is in it, yep. the, um, mm-hmm. the guy from the... Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I should have looked up their real names. <laughs> I just remember them as something. He's uh, in Norrington from the... Uh, anyway, so they're in it, but they're all... Rel- everyone in this is relatively unknown. Um, the only person, I think, who didn't go on to do other stuff is Anne Levels. Who does she play? She plays... Um, well, Anne, Anne, Anne Levels, Levels is, is the character's the character. name. Oh. Her <laughs> name is something very hard to pronounce. And I, you know, yeah, why didn't I know? She's the main lady in the, Yeah, we don't use her that. name a ton. Um, yeah. For, for whatever reason, I, I forgot what her name was. But I... I um, Wasn't she in the Seinfeld episode or something? She's in where a, she was. I think Matt's looking it up right now. She's in a I think fair she played amount, like so. a yeah. I think she was in a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, but so she, she looked she looked familiar. Yeah, she certainly didn't go on to be in Harry Potter. That's what I'm stabbing at here. No, um, no. <laughs> like some of the other characters did. But it's so funny. Like, um, you know, uh, I do my own podcast, and I've been going through my I've been going through the 70s, and whenever I watch you know a British horror film from the 70s, there's <laughs> always somebody from Harry Potter oh, yeah. in those old horror movies. I think every British actor just yeah. queued up and they were like, okay, you're this guy and you're that guy and you're that guy, <laughs> even if like, you only oh, have five hey, minutes. It's, it's Dumbledore. I just watched uh, Orca. She's been in... Uh, so the actress that plays Anne Levels is mm-hmm. Alina Lowenson. Is She's Romanian. Uh, but she's been in 108 mm. things. Oh, geez. Wow. Well, it includes music videos. Apparently, she's been in a bunch of music videos. Hmm. Well, she's been in movies and TV as recent as 2018. Well, that's good. And good, she has new her. stuff coming up. Yeah. She's good in this. She doesn't sound yeah, really. I think she, she sounds I, French. I enjoyed all the performances in, in the film. 
Yeah, I think I it's... I don't think that's where the problem lies, it's not the performance. <laughs> it's one of those movies that the more you watch it, the better it gets. Yes. But you There's have to There's a lot get, of subtle stuff. Yeah, you have to get past the first viewing and then convince yourself to watch it again. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. <laughs> it's like... It's like, you know, your first beer. You hate it at first. But then after a while, you're like, oh, it's not too bad. You know what? I like, think it. Rachel, I was actually going to suggest to you that you have Eric watch it a second time well, before I, we talk to Look, I got it. once, okay? I didn't want to push my Because there's so many things after the first viewing it, you watch wow. it again. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Oh. Those were all like foreshadowing. Now, I'm and, not going to say no. I will never watch this again, but the odds are low. <laughs> <laughs> and I did actually read the book too, which I told you the book is terrible, and it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah. this character is a footnote in the book, he's in like two chapters we see him two or three times. He's like a mechanism for introducing the, the um, character of Stephen, yeah, the vampire. Yeah, he's in the novel like briefly. Briefly, like he wow. starts out at the beginning. It's about him. I was like, oh, good. I'm ready to read this. I want to know more about why they put all this shit in the movie. And then mm. we meet Inspector Healy, and Inspector Healy has this like six chapter dream, where he's on trial wow. for the failure of the British banking system in the 1980s. And I was like, okay, well, that Sounds was like a, a horrible novel. That was a narrative choice. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're going to move on now. No, he like decides to go investigate to see whether his dream was accurate. So we just mm. roam off in, in the direction of <laughs> what caused the banking collapse in the 1980s in the British kingdom. I was like, what mm-hmm. is happening? And then somewhere around chapter 15 or 16 um, is when Stephen uh, starves to death. And then there's a whole, that's half the book. And then the whole rest of the book is just Inspector Healy, like going slowly insane as he's trying to figure out what's the wrong with the British banking system. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I'm glad that somebody read that book and thought, okay, I'm going to make a movie <laughs> out of yeah, What wow. was the name of the book? The Wisdom of Crocodiles. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. So the book was named Wisdom of the Crocodiles. Right. So we open with an opening monologue, which is, uh, we use it again at the end, and it's about him falling out of the tree. And he grabbed, which just is our metaphor for him. The fact that he's holding on because he's absolutely just terrified to let go. So right. No matter, but the longer he holds on, the more exhausted he gets. Yeah. No matter how painful it is to hold on, letting go is even more terrifying. And there's a car in the tree. Mm-hmm. Which he which did. reminded me of Jurassic Park. Yeah, it is a bit Jurassic Park, <laughs> which he did. And we have all of these hints that he is uh, extraordinary or supernatural. But we do not like ever explain any of it. Right. The first time you see this scene, you don't know that he's not human. Right. So, oh, that's weird. There's a car in the tree. And then we don't really get any references until much later that, right. oh, like the fight scene. And, oh, wow, he just beat the crap out of these guys. Yeah. Like, no problem. And somehow can chuck, did he chuck the car in the tree? Did he drive the car into the tree? They don't. I know. They don't never we never get any answers. For no, we don't. Why the tree? Why the car is in the tree? Although I love how they're like, why is there not more blood? Why does everybody seem to just intuitively know how much blood should be at a scene? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we find out later that his girlfriend was in that car. Right. right. Yeah. His fiance was in the car, okay. which, yes. okay. and they know that. And they know that that's 
but there some there's always that person in vampire movies it's like they're completely drained of blood like how do you know it could have pulled somewhere out you know anyway it's just it's one of my pet peeves is the like <laughs> why is there not more blood well how do you know i don't know have you seen a car like this in a tree before and you were like last time there was a lot more blood also he's allowed on this scene he's just roaming well, in. he just walks up yeah he walks yeah. up and, and they're like oh hey so yeah, he just happened to be close by <laughs> to the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> While they're trying to get this tree, this car out of the tree. I don't know, it's funny. And then we get the like, everybody else reacts to it almost falling. And he's just standing there like, huh, cool. Like it's going to fall on me? Just like standing there. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we get his sketchbooks, which his sketchbooks are my favorite hint. Uh, my favorite, like, we don't get a lot of how old is he, how often does he have to kill people mm -hmm. or anything like that. But we get this collection of sketchbooks. And mm -hmm. every time we go into his little lair, we get a bit a better view of, like, how many of these little sketchbooks. And there's a lot. There's a lot. Does he make these sketchbooks? Does he buy them somewhere? He bought them in bulk 100 oh. years ago. Yeah, he bought, like, a crate of them. <laughs> what happens when he runs out? He's like, God damn it, this sketchbook doesn't match all the others. <laughs> the bookbinder that made these passed away. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a new shelf. <laughs> so, it's a pretty good sketches, too. I, I like yeah, the art. Yeah, he's, it's, he's a, such an interesting character because we're supposed mm -hmm. to see him as enigmatic. And it comes off as that to the point where he's almost incomprehensible sometimes. Like, I know he works, but he never seems to be at work. But yeah. maybe we only see him. I didn't know he was a doctor until halfway through the film. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he shows up. Uh, right, know, he's like, actually okay, doing a procedure. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> at one point, he says he's uh, he does medical research. Right. When he feels but like it. When yeah. he feels like it. Well. <laughs> when he's got the time. In between seducing women. That's yeah, fine. Uh, and he saves the woman from the train. That's the first thing he does after he kind of comes back to real life. Um, which we, I don't think we get any. They do a good job of sort of seeding in little hints about how much time has passed. But I don't think we know how much time passes between. It the... seems like an instant. Like he saves her and then they're having sex. <laughs> yeah. <pretty> <laughs> <much>. <laughs> yeah, this is. This is a bold choice because it's like 20 minutes of the movie at the very beginning where we're watching him like seduce yeah. this woman. I will say like I was surprised that that woman wasn't I thought that was going to be the main character like right. he was going to fall in love with her or what whatever right. happens. But she gets it like boom. Like, yeah. She's gone. Yeah. And I, this is to one tell us what he is without actually telling us what he is because we never use the word vampire. Right. And also to uh, give us the storyline with the investigators. Because they have to find a body. So we needed a body. And he hand... I don't know why we didn't just use the first one. Why we started with the car and the tree. But anyway, it's like 20 minutes into the movie. He seduces this woman and he does the thing. Um, this is the thing that's interesting in the whole movie. Is he never does anything that somebody else hasn't done in front of him first. Repeat that. He never does anything in the movie that somebody else doesn't do in front of him first. Like a gesture or a movement Oh, really? Like when he's, that. there's a yeah. lot of that in the movie. In the book, I think they Maybe explain I should, it a little bit I need to watch more. this movie again. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but like Maria does the two-hand thing. Maria's the first woman or the second woman. Yeah, she uh, writes with both hands it. at the she same time. She does the thing where she writes with both hands. And then he does oh, that later. Yeah. But then oh, when yeah. he's with the... Um, and levels, yeah. Well, I was thinking when he's in, um, who's Peter Pettigrew. 
actor. Um, <laughs> Healy. 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 <laughs> when he's, he's at Inspector Healy's desk mm-hmm. and they're just chatting and Healy offers him a cigarette. Right. He says like, no at first. Oh, he says no at first. Then he's like, on second thought. Yeah. After he watches so, him light one and start smoking, then he accepts one. And he lights it and starts smoking it the same way. And then we see Healy like roll and crush the end of the cigarette between his fingers to put it out. And then later, um, Stephen, when Stephen gives Healy the cross back, Stephen puts the cigarette out the same exact way. Right. Because every gesture that every gesture, anything uh-huh. he does, he watches somebody else do first, which he even says, he's like, I, I have to pay attention to everything all the time and it's exhausting. I need to pay more attention to this movie. <laughs> you were distracted by Jude Law. I get it. <laughs> I was. You know what else I was distracted by was there's no vampire fangs. <laughs> no, none. I see. I need my vampire. To have fangs. <laughs> You're like, look, I got a checklist. Fangs are on it. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my problems. Um, one of one of the couple of problems that I had with the film. Was, it just reminded you of Twilight. But, you had like a flashback. I get it. I have in my notes like this movie predated Twilight for like like what, by 10, a lot, 10, by 10, a lot. 15 years. Yeah, uh, even the book it predates. Yeah. Um, no, like I just vampires for me. I like them to be more animalistic, uh, you know, and, and demonic. Horror vampires. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not to say, like, I don't enjoy movies like uh, Interview with the Vampire with, uh, you know, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Like, they're beautiful vampires. But Did you watch the TV was- show? I have not yet. No, oh, is it good? You need oh, to. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh, it's <laughs> less probably like the one, TV one show is way better. Mm. I think it's on a streaming channel that I don't get. It's like um, the one, was that Paramount, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's probably on. I don't know which one it was on. but um, was... I will definitely check that out when uh, it's available worldwide. Oh. But um, no, like, I, I I, don't know. Like, for me, the uh, sexy vampire, I, I just, it doesn't do it for me. And so right <laughs> off the bat, I'm like, oh, this is uh. one of those sexy vampire movies. <laughs> I mean, it is and it isn't. Yes, no, in in a tragic but it has, way. It has a real, it has some really cool ideas. I'll give it that, like some really interesting um, ideas that haven't that I've never seen explored in a vampire movie before, or or barely touched on in other films. So that was cool. There's some really cool things in this film. It's not all bad. It it, it was. I was engaged the whole time I watched the film, so I, I'll say that. I like that it's the romance movie, the romance vampire trope, but we kind of take that and make it part of the monster. Where he needs the romance, he needs the love. That's literally what he has to do. Right, he has to make them love him. That was that was one of the cool ideas I liked. Is like he has to um, somehow infuse their blood with the emotion of love before he can feed on them, and that's that's a pretty rad idea, actually. And (laughs) way harder, absolutely. Uh, we do get that cool scene with Maria where he does the shadow thing, where he has her close her eyes. And like mm-hmm. his shadow extends across the ground, and then he's right in front of her. When she opens her eyes, he's back that's across the, the most, room again. Besides biting the neck, that's the most vampiric thing that he does. Yeah, it's the most like supernaturally yeah. thing. Yeah. He does a couple other things where you're like, oh, okay, he can do a little bit more than a person can. But we only get a couple of hints of like, oh, he's supernatural. He's mm-hmm. something other than human. Yeah. 
Um, and I love his, like, I love how he has his bed prepped. Like, it feels very spontaneous. He's going to propose to her and, oh, she's so excited. They're going to head up the stairs or whatever. But, oh, he's already got his rubber sheet on the bed. And he's, like, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> that's, so, that's some serial killer stuff right there. I know. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as he kills her, he's like, all right, good. And then he just wraps her up. And then we get, the, I don't know why they kept this in. This is in the book. But he passes, like, a kidney stone every time he kills somebody. <laughs> Yeah, well, the crystal <laughs> thing, right? Was that yes. he has like a collection? Yes. That was that ever really fully explained? Uh, like, not in the what movie. These crystals were no in the book. It's like all the parts that he can't eat. So like he takes in everything that they feel about him, and nobody loves you completely. There's always a little bit of other stuff, and so he takes all of that, but he has to expel everything that isn't love, and so he does it as this. It's a kidney stone. He has to like pee it out, which is why he's like in Screaming. agony. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. But then that I represents the word that he writes in the journal at the end. Like that's the sense that he's getting off of this crystal. Yeah. Is like one particular emotion. Despair or desperation or whatever. Disappointment. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that he keeps them. Right, like he pees. Yeah, it, it reminded me of like you know, like like I said, like a serial killer, how he'll keep trophies of his victims. And yeah, it's so like he has all the crystals from previous girlfriends, quote yeah. unquote. Um, which I kind of wish they would have explored a little bit more um, with that whole idea, uh, which I found really interesting. But it kind of just it blink and you miss it kind of deal. It is, you know? yeah. We don't really. I mean, we kind of go back to it when we finally see him as a doctor and he studies yeah. like the crystals that people's bodies produce but we don't ever really go back and be like okay so i make them and here's why and how i keep them in my little collection of people that i've killed with little labels and everything it's a little it's a lot the first couple times i watched it i thought he like threw them up but when i read it and i found out that he was actually like passing them like a kidney stone right. i was like yeah. you know what actually i don't want to know more it's fine. I'm yeah, glad I'm we I'm glad we didn't explore anything extra with that. <laughs> uh, but then he let's so he wraps her up and he takes her out. And this is really interesting because he he makes the first woman's death look like an accident where he puts her up in the tree. But then this woman, he's like, well, I'm going to wrap her in plastic and just let nature take its course. So he heads out and like puts her in the water. Right. It doesn't do any other prep. Right. Um, in the book, we kind of talk about how Sarah never loved him completely. And so he needed to be fast with the second one because it was like a snack. <laughs> he needed he someone. He a lot of nourishment. Yeah. And so that's why he kind of was off. Mm -hmm. But eh, I don't know. We don't talk about that at all in the movie. Although we do get that weird scene where he's on the beach and he's like crouched on the beach breathing really weird. Yeah, he, he does like, some, face. Some, like weird contortions with his body in a few moments in the film. Do you know what that is about? It's, yeah, I have no idea. Except that yeah. he doesn't even breathe automatically. So like nothing he does is automatic. Why That's, is why is he dying, by the way? Oh, he's starving to a, death. Yeah. Why but why? What's going on? Like Because he doesn't want to kill Anne. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Well, I, I thought he was immortal. They changed the name no, to no, immortality. No. I, I know. That's why it's another dumb thing. Because we don't even talk about if he is immortal, if he doesn't. We don't cover any of that. This is just like the tragic mm. idea that this guy is alone. He has no idea why he's like this. 
But he knows what he needs to do is make these women fall in love with him and then kill them. And so he finally makes someone fall in love with him that he doesn't want to kill. And he's like, you know what, maybe... He fell in love with her. Too. Right. He's like, oops, yeah. maybe it's time for me to just die. And so he tries to just go off and die, but she won't leave him alone. And so he's like, all right, fine. I'll kill you. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want to, but, you know, maybe maybe I'll, I'll die because of the next one. It's fine. <laughs> There's plenty more fish in the sea. Um, yeah, but they find her body. He, like, he does such a bad job hiding it. They find it, which is how we... we well, so they make a comment about how the if the Spanish fishing vessel had not been using illegal nets, yeah, they would not have picked up her right. body. Right. right. He's like, dang, so close. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in Dexter when his bodies accidentally get in the like Gulf Stream, and so people yes. find them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to bring up Dexter. This kind of had some shade to Dexter. Yeah, he's a little serial killer-ish with like a, I'm doing it for a reason, guys. I'm not just killing people for fun. He has a compulsion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, which that's one of my favorite story arcs in Dexter is when they find all of his bodies and he's trying to like get away with it. I didn't finish watching the latest season. It was the Dexter. The last season, yeah. yeah, The newest one that they just made. Where he's like in the snow. Yeah. In the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. I won't spoil it for you. Okay. I got to the part where he was buried under the fire pit and everybody was camped out around the fire pit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then I didn't finish it. Uh, Matt made a point that uh, when he's drawing her in the, Mm -hmm. he's drawing in levels. So one of his, like, he's supposed to be super suave, which he does a pretty good job. Um, and he's like drawing Anne and Matt was like, well, it's not creepy because he's hot. <laughs> like, right. There's, <laughs> there's a dividing line between creepy and like eccentric. Mm-hmm. And if you're very physically attractive, you're just eccentric and Ooh, that's interesting. You're yeah. a man of mystery, whatever. Right. I mean, like, but if, if you're a guy staring at a woman, sketching right. her and you're, <laughs> Not hottie. <laughs> You're I mean, that creepy you, guy. And you picture like, okay, so what if the scene had like Steve Buscemi <laughs> doing the sketch? You know, and she's like, what the fuck? It's a totally different. Vibe. Call the police yes. right away. <laughs> no offense, Steve. <laughs> no, we love Steve. Buscemi. We love, we He's love a good Steve. guy. Yeah, we love him. Come on. Uh, so our A story doesn't start until twenty minutes in. I just want to point that out. We don't meet Anne and actually get the movie going till 20 minutes. And this movie is only an hour and a half long, which is my ideal movie length. But usually mm. when the movie starts in an hour, or it starts at zero instead of at 20. <laughs> so the uh, as soon as the, he hears about the body getting uh, fished out of the ocean or whatever, he calls the police immediately, which I assume is just like a heading off. Like, they're going to call me anyway, so I might as well be like... right. Oh my God, is that my girlfriend? She's been missing. How did this happen? <laughs> Weird thing. I'm wondering if maybe that's her. Which, Which that it does come off as an effective tactic to avoid suspicion. Kind of, except he hadn't, he hadn't reported her missing. So they have no reason. He has theoretically no reason to believe she's died. So why mm-hmm. would you be like, hey, did that random body that got fished up? Is that my no, girlfriend? They, they said her name. Oh, they did. You're right. Yeah. Thank you. Guess I need and to watch it. And that's when he perks up. He just had like the news playing in the background, and they said mm-hmm. her name. He perked up, 
and called the police. And then they showed up as a, at his apartment and yeah. talked to him about it. And there was like one scene where the police are uh, asking him some questions and they ask, you know, what's your name? Like, what's your social security number? Right. And then it just cuts and we don't ever find out if he has a social security number. Okay. Or if he ever so got that I information from. I, I, when... <laughs> we do. We do talk about it one more time. I was like, like, hold on. Rachel. Oh, okay. Do they have social security numbers in England? And I looked, <laughs> I was like, is this supposed to be set in the U.S.? No, it takes place in London. Mm-hmm. Do they have social security numbers in England? And are they called social security numbers? Not really. No. They have a national <laughs> identification number. Uh-huh. But it's literally only used for like healthcare access and taxes. Yeah. So And you don't use it for any kind of identification. Uh, and one of the things I was reading was saying, yeah, nobody's worried about like keeping it a secret because the only thing someone could do with it financially is pay your taxes for you. (laughs) (laughs) So so they wouldn't have used that for identification. Yeah. They, I mean, they mentioned it one more time. Yeah. They, he's like, did we ever figure that out? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, they spelled his last name wrong. And And then he he makes a crack about, yeah, he makes a crack about it should be illegal to not have vowels in your name. Because his last that's name right, is like G R L C Z. S C Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is Bulgarian, he says. I don't know. I feel like, why would you want such a distinctive last name? If you're literally murdering women every right. two <laughs> You want to be like John Doe. I know. I want to be like <laughs> Steve Smith. That's <laughs> just some generic, like immortality. You can't even Google me. I'm everybody. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And I like the witness they bring in, the guy who's talking about the truck, the old man, who's like, yeah, that's where I'd hide a body. He's like, oh, that's a <laughs> <Yeah>. great idea. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. He's like, man, there is quicksand out there. Suck you down in 20 minutes. He's like, it's a good idea. He's just like, props. That was a good idea. A good place to put it. And then he's just complaining about the price of those vans. He's like, oh, they're just like a transit van. I don't know why they cost so much. <laughs> I always love a blase secondary character. And then we get kind of a hint of timeline because they've been dating and levels and Steve have been dating by three weeks by the time they start like heating up the investigation about him. Cause this is when they go to that dinner where he's flirting with her friend. Oh yeah. I forget how they indicated time was passing. Um, She's talking to her ex and he's like, you've only known him for three weeks. And she's like, oh, yeah, but it's been, an, you know, I, I like a little mystery. It's okay with me. Okay. In this case, it's not great. Mystery is not great in this case. But they go to dinner and he, he ends up flirting with the other woman, which is he intentionally flirting or does he literally not know any other way to interact with women? Mm, I think he's setting up his next dinner. You know? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> soon, soon as I'm done with Anne, your next baby. He's Feed got, me that clam. He's got a main. He's got a main in the oven, and he's got a side <laughs> on the back burner. He's just. <laughs> uh, and I, Matt pointed out the CSI enhance when um, oh, yeah. he gets the picture of the like guy going through the, the toll booth, and yeah. he's like, "Blow up this section right here." <laughs> oh yeah, the other the other guy says. Uh, well, that's one of the finest piece of pieces of detective work I've ever seen. It's <laughs> like sarcastic comment. Blowing up a picture. <laughs> and it doesn't help at all because it's like an ear right. and a lens flare. 
But he's got it up like a poster on his wall. Right. For the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of funny. Uh, And this is where they find his number because they've actually spelled his last name correctly. Uh Aha. Right here. Oh, and this is where the older police officer gets assaulted. So the Healy is following him. Yeah, Healy has been following Steven around and then tries to follow him through the underground, underground, he says. Yeah. Yeah. The tunnels around the subway. This is a weird scene to include. It's it's just really to get him on the good side of Inspector Healy. Although Healy still thinks he's full of shit. He's just like, You're full of shit and thank you for saving me. Right. But he just (laughs) he just like stares down these Criminals, (laughs) Criminals <laughs> like these. He's just like, look, you don't want to hurt this police officer, and they're like, you know what, we don't. You're right. He's like, here's my business card. Right, I thought that was clever. <laughs> He's like, and why wouldn't I do that? Because you're not an idiot. It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, then, if the guy refutes it, he's like, fair. Okay, I am not now, an idiot. Now you're calling me an idiot. So I'm not gonna do it. You're right. And so he gives him that card, which is not. It's a fake business card. No, it's just. A random person that he met. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, he says that. But yeah. is it? Or does he carry different business cards? Uh, I don't know if he carries different. <laughs> uh, I'm... Yeah. That's one of those questions for the ages. Because they ask him later and he's like, oh, it's some kind of rep that I met. And they're like, Whoa. The O'Grady name sounds familiar. Like, like it was mentioned in passing. No, because maybe because they mentioned it later. Because the, the inspector's like, aren't you worried they were going to go after him? And he was kind of like, I don't give a shit. But um, no, yes, no. What am I supposed to say here? <laughs> <It's> right. like, <laughs> How do you want me to play this? Um, and I do love the, he takes Healy back. And he's like, oh, I can never get a taxi. I have a dishonest face. And Healy's like, well, I'm still trying to decide that. He's like, I don't know. Do you have a dishonest face? Are you as full of shit as I think you are? Yeah. Because Roche just doesn't like him, which we don't see a lot of him. We see more Healy than we do the younger detective. Right. And he's just like, nope. <laughs> I'm on to you. Um, but he and, lets him go, right? It's like, yeah, they don't really he doesn't have, have any definitive proof. Yeah, they don't yeah. have anything. They don't really further the investigation. No, not ever. Yeah. They really just focus on this guy. And when it doesn't pan out, they're like, meh, you know what? Sorry. Right. He's basically their only lead. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he did a pretty good job of hiding the body. Even though it got found, he still <laughs> didn't really get caught. Okay. Props to him for that one. Um, and this is when he staples his finger and it won't clot. So this is our first hint mm. that um, he's Things not all, going good. He's yeah. not all right. And this is when we finally see him at work. And it is like 40 minutes into the movie. So you're right. It's roughly halfway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's Dr. Steven. Right. And this is his, like... And Anne had by, kind of been upset at him. After, well, after he was flirting with the yeah, lady at the after restaurant. after he was flirting right? with the so lady this is his, her, like, oh, but he's really good with children scene. <laughs> and he's really hot. <laughs> he's hot and he's good with children. He, he's such a marriageable material. <laughs> and she opens the top on this thing and touches these crystals without knowing what they are. Which I think is right? real bold. <laughs> She's like, oh, pretty. And he's like, yeah, that's a kidney stone. <laughs> a, you don't know where that's been. <laughs> it's a big fucking kidney stone. But she's like. Those are huge. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. It's probably why they're back. intact. Because usually when they're that big, they'll go in and, and ultrasonically break them up into smaller pieces. So mm. then you can pass the pieces. The smaller pieces rather okay. than the one big honking one. Thank you for that. 
So these would have had to have been surgically removed. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. Just, that sounds so painful. I just... Okay, we'll move on with kidney. What, what is it with painful. kidney stones in this movie? It's probably I less am, painful than passing. I am it. here for van- for vampires. I am not here for <laughs> urinary tract <laughs> health. Okay, so let's just. Um, and he's like, "Oh, these are like emotional states." He's doing research on whether these crystals are result from extreme emotional states, which is on the nose for him, right? Because he right, he's trying makes to crystals. figure out what he is. He literally makes crystals out of emotions, so. Uh, yeah, we'll just move on from crystals. Never <laughs> and this is when the thugs return. So the bad guys come back and they're like, if you give us Anne, um, you can go. And he's like, you know what? Um, okay. And so he just like walks off with them. This and is a weird scene. The First of all, that gang is kind of goofy. <laughs> what, what kind of gang is this? <laughs> it's like, okay, so we watch a lot of Forever Night, and a lot of it is just like a Canadian interpretation of what violence is. They're like, yeah, that's what hitmen look like. It's fine. They like strike matching poses. They wear sunglasses oh, all the man. time. That's what hitmen look like. This is very much like, okay, this is what a British gang would look like. There's like the leader in a suit jacket, and then there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of goofy. It looks like the um, the main characters from Hackers. Yeah, no, it definitely has that, that vibe. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> like and this is around the same time as Hackers, right? Like yeah. ninety eight. Yeah, so there. they're like yeah. the hip, cool, but we commit crimes, kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, um, that gang. That gang was goofy. Yeah, but we're also going to up the ante by like stealing a woman. I don't know. It was really but why does why does Jude Law let it even uh, escalate to that level? Right, if he's this badass kung fu vampire guy, right, who's got some skills, some fighting skills, why didn't he just bust their ass to begin with? Why does he let it? escalate that's I what know. i was like unless come on Jude Law. i don't know unless he well he's supposed to be morally gray so maybe this is our like mm. he wasn't sure maybe he was actually going to be like you know i'm gonna cut my losses here and just go because we already know he's weakened because he couldn't right. heal that's from like true. a staple true. in his finger so yeah, it's probably like oh, maybe i need to, to choose separate my battles them out so he could fight them more one-on-one plus the guy had a fucking could... sword i mean come well, on did it, you didn't know he had a sword <laughs> was it in the baseball bat did he? What, what it was, was a cane. Okay. Yeah, where did that sword stick? come from? Because <laughs> they're like fighting all of a sudden, like shing. Oh shit! We're in Highlander. <laughs> oh, was, I didn't know that. There was <laughs> there a, could be only one. It was like a ninja movie uh, where there was this blind guy. Okay. That had a he had like a big walking stick, but the end of his walking stick was a sword. That sounds like every ninja movie with a blind guy. <laughs> well, yeah. They always have a sword in that cave. It's just rules. It's just rules. I don't, maybe you're thinking Daredevil. With, no, um, I'm about to pull it stick. up. Stick. Okay, well, you do your own thing then. I think the movie's called "Old Blind Guy with a Stick." <laughs> <laughs> so, like Blind my, Master with a Stick. One of my sword. favorite television shows is um, Babylon Five, and it's written by J. Michael Straczynski, and he actually wrote mm. a bunch of the original um, She-Ra cartoons and like He-Man cartoons. And, and he he's actually a comic book writer too. Yeah, and he wrote um, a movie called Ninja Assassin. And it came out in theaters, oh, and man. I was like, oh, ninja I love assassin. J. Michael Straczynski. So we went to go see it. <laughs> like, every time the ninjas are sneaking up on everybody, they're like, ninja. ninja. Yeah, like the background <laughs> music is, <laughs> like, 
you know, creaky noises and like you know, flutes and stuff. <laughs> and then just people just whispering, whispering ninja. ninja over and over again. Now, every time I see a sword, I'm like, ninja, ninja, <laughs> ninja. It's, it was so bad, um, but, but bad and bad, but good. I don't know how you want to describe mm-hmm. that. Um, and then we get more sexy stuff. Like our yes. second sex scene of the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a sex scene. And then it's done. And then yeah, we, I mean, which I would say this like, is one of the most graphic, realistic no. like post-sex scenes. Oh, where they're just lying there chatting. Right. Yeah. Because it's all they all always either have gotten clothes on or have the covers pulled all the way up. And it was like, oh, that's what it's actually like. Where you're just hanging out. And you're like, you've both seen each other <laughs> naked, right? You're not hiding anything from Except each other. Except she tells him not to look when she gets up. When she she's gets like, up. Don't look. Um, but this oh, is when we get our cool line. She's just about her butt. About how <laughs> <laughs> this is when we get our cool line about how he knew a neurologist, and it's also where we get our our title for the movie. He says that you know everybody has three brains. You have your mammal brain, and then you have a like a whatever four legs and sharp teeth. So he says every time you lay down on a couch, you are laying down with a horse and a crocodile. I once need his doctor. A neurologist and he told me that we don't have one brain we have three one that is human built over another that is mammalian built over yet another that's reptilian so when a psychiatrist asks you to lie down on the couch you're being asked to lie down with a horse and with a crocodile. Which I thought was a pretty cool line. It is a cool line. I'm still trying to figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like we all have. Like we have your. You know. You have your different levels of awareness in your mind. Like you have your. Your processes that go on without your, your input. And like stronger instincts. And then you have like instincts that you have some control over or you're some awareness of. And then you have like your top level stuff, which you're all, it's your conscious control of yourself. That's what he's talking about. You have like those but three your levels. reptile brain is like yeah, man, fight that's, or flight, that's hunger. Way too deep right. after sex talk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, shit, we haven't been artsy in a while. We need to just right. have, we need to have an We've had way too many kidney stones in this movie. So we got to go into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get her stolen watch story, which every review I've read of it makes a big deal about. They're like, oh, this is so metaphorical. And I'm like, really? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I get a lot of meaning about it out of other things in this movie, but I really could care less about her stolen watch. She's like, I don't know why I needed it. I just needed it. And he's like, cool story. And he just flips the blanket over her and leaves. It's <laughs> <laughs> rude. And then we cut to the next day. Well, it's because he can't like sleep with her because he can't sleep. He has to sleep with that thing on that like wakes him up when he stops breathing. Is that what that thing was? I thought it was like a defibrillator or something. Yeah. It, I think it was just an alarm. It's, it's an like alarm a, when um, he stops breathing. Um, what's. I don't know. Go ahead. What's the like a CPAP? Did you find your movie with a blind guy? Yeah, it was Zatoichi. It's a Japanese movie. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't, but good for okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> and the, here's where we do the two-handed drawing again, because she comes out and he's like, oh, no, it's a trick of saving it for when you're mad at me. And she's like, no, no, tell me. And he draws her with one hand and he writes out a poem with the other. Yep. 
which I hope you like this poem because you're going to hear it every three lines from here until the end. (laughs) Right, usually in a voiceover. There is no flaw in you. (laughs) And he reads part of it, she reads part of it. And he actually says, kids used to pay me sixpence to do this. Which is, which isn't that what Maria said? Is that what she said? Um, When... She was like, yeah, look. And she wrote, I love you, I hate you at the same time. Yeah, I don't think she talked about money, though. I don't know. I thought she said something about doing it in school. My point here was that uh, (laughs) England stopped using pence in 1971. So if you want to date, he's older than 28. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, because we never never really find out. But then he's just making up backstory for himself yeah he does that all the time he's just always bullshitting i love it when he's talking to the police and they're like well why does this line unlisted and he's like oh i use it for picking up chicks (laughs) and they're like elaborate (laughs) 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 he's like that way when that phone rings i know it's them and if they don't say anything i can be like it's you isn't it (laughs) which is exactly the line he uses on maria right and he's like, wow, when you say it out loud like that, and the Healy's like, it sounds sinister. And he's like, well, I was going to say cheap <laughs> instead of sinister. Can we take a, a sidetrack real quick? Yeah, go. And talk about the music. Yeah. Which I did not like. I, <laughs> I, the music felt like like early 90s Cinemax made for yeah. you know, HBO After Dark. This, yeah, um, they didn't. They didn't have. Yeah, this is music. probably. Uh, I, would, I don't even remember the music. If I had to hazard a guess, I'd say it's a symptom of it just being so low budget, and they just didn't have yeah. the money for an actual score. So we can't have synthesizer music. It's not the '80s, and we can't pay anyone to make better music. So we just got to hit it right in the middle. <laughs> it, it may have worked better without any music, honestly. You know, because the, I mean, the visuals were, were great. It was a well shot movie. Yeah. You know, um, and it had, you know, good looking characters and people populating the film. But it just, that music, went, it just w- was there all the time, you know, that yeah. cheesy synthesizer sound. But yeah. Anyway. Especially when we looked at his like layer doors, we always got that like, sound. <laughs> 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 Got yeah. to be like, okay, it's fine. If I just looked at them, it's okay. I don't need to hear the like bass tone to let me know this is sinister every single time we look at this wall. Which, mm-hmm. what is that wall? Who has that wall? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> right. It's like curved metal plates bolted to the wall. He was like, listen, hear me out. I want curved sheet metal on the whole wall, but just in plates and shit. So I can put a door in and nobody will know there's a door there. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And he has to like open it with, he has to open it really weird. He has to like put his yeah. elbows together and hold his hand up. I think it's two up. of the bolts pulled down. Yeah. And that releases the catch. I don't know. It's hard to look sinister when you're like, I don't know what that move is that he has to do to open the doors where he has to like squeeze his arms. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Side, side thing. <laughs> I wonder if they told him like every move that you're making, pretend you're a contortionist. Yeah. <laughs> pretend you're. Make weird shapes with your body in like every scene that you're alone (laughs) 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 true it could be uh if it did he followed it so he did good um and then we get the lineup which is my like second favorite scene in the movie 
and it's where they've pulled the toll booth guy in and he still has the mm-hmm. sunglasses on so that we know it's the toll booth guy. That's right. <laughs> They're like, you're not going to remember. It's fine. We'll give him a distinctive, a distinctive feature. Mm-hmm. And he pulls, uh, Steven forward. He pulls the other guy forward, lets him go back, pulls him forward again. And then he's like, ah, it's the other guy. And they're like, what? Don't you recognize him? And he's like, I see 10,000 people a week. <laughs> I don't recognize <laughs> right. shit. And then, it's a good point. Yeah. And then Steven actually tracks the people in the room. Did you notice that? He wa- he, he's, he's looking not- through the one way yeah, mirror. Yeah, he can see through it. Yeah, which I always thought was pretty cool. Because it's, I love the little hints of he's not human. Because otherwise we're left in doubt. Is this guy just a little bit crazy like Mm -hmm. is he really a vampire but they give us these tiny little like okay yes he actually does have to do this he isn't just like i really want to kill women but i want a reason so maybe i'm a vampire i don't know kind (laughs) of like in um k-pax where it's left fairly ambiguous about whether he's human or alien but then they do an eye test on him and he can see ultraviolet light yeah and he does he knows things he shouldn't know that can just very subtle dropping in of like, yeah, not quite a human. Right. And then we get the cool line where he says difficult, isn't it doing the right thing? And you're like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe he's trying to do it differently this time, which I don't believe. I think that this is all a ploy to get Anne to actually love him. Like who he actually is Mm -hmm. because he's let women love him to a certain point up till now and it hasn't worked. So he has to change it up. You I think, wonder what you it think is. think this is a gamble? Yeah. I think so. I was going to say, what, I wonder what it is about Anne that was different than all the hundreds of other women and I'm sure he has killed over the years. What was it about this particular woman that caused him to change his ways or feel like he needed to change his ways? You know? I think we're supposed to see her as like spunky and different. More vibrant. Yeah. Mm. Which is why she has a masculine job. Maybe maybe because she touched his crystals. <laughs> <laughs> well, not his specific. Nobody's ever touched my crystals before. I love you. <laughs> I don't maybe he was just tired. Uh, maybe I was just tired. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's know. it's one of those things where we left up to the viewer. I think you're right. I think maybe he was he was getting sloppy with that with the previous kill, right? He's like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna bother putting this one in a car." Just, yeah, you know. he's so, like, "I'm done." He's, yeah, he's done. He, he was he's reaching the end. Yeah, he was like maybe I maybe I do need to fall in love before. And he I also, die. I mean, we keep repeating, found no flaw. Or you, there's no flaw in you. And it's really just like, I, I couldn't find anything about you that I was like, okay, I'm not going to miss her. It'll be fine. I can just let this one go. He was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can let this one go. I think I think it's either that or this is a Hail Mary. This is a like, I'm going to get her to love me to the bitter end, and then she'll love me completely. And that's why he has to tell her what he is, because she has to love him completely. Yeah. Knowing what he is. Although we get some, he's wrestling with himself. Like when he's straight, he's like getting ready to put the plastic sheet on the bed and then he folds it up and rolls it up. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to prep for this one or if I just want to let it go. Because he gets angry at her after she snaps at him. And then they have a period where they're not together, where he's kind of letting her go or trying to let her go, but she won't let him go. 
And that's when she finally calls and he picks up. And he's like, okay, well, yeah, let's go out to eat. And she's like, no, no, I want to come to your house. And he's like, well, she wants to come to my house. I'm not making her come here. It's not the same. <laughs> like rationalizing. And we actually get some more Inspector Healy in here because this is when he's like, look, we realize that you saved her life. We, why didn't you tell us that? He's like, well, I didn't think it was relevant that I saved her life. He's like, people don't save other people's lives and then kill them. Right, because he says <laughs> he's it like, shouldn't make any difference. If I saved her, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Steven's like, her. that doesn't follow at all. I definitely could have saved her just to kill her again. In fact, I did. I thought most people would agree it's not very likely that you'd save someone's life and then kill them. The fact that I saved Maria's life doesn't prove anything. It could prove that at heart, you're a good man. At heart. I did save her, just kill her again. <laughs> so that didn't prove shit. <laughs> and Healy's like, well, whatever. I, I can see into your heart you're not that kind of guy. Right. At heart, you might be a good guy. And so he's like, at heart? It's like, yeah, on the outside, you're an asshole. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Which> fair. <laughs> yeah. Is this, when did um, AI come out? Is AI oh, 2000? 2000. So that's what, yeah. two years after this movie? Three mm-hmm. years? He always, he had that era of the pretty boy, like the. Playboy, love interest, mm-hmm. romantic guy. Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. That. One of my favorite Jude Law movies, actually. Have you guys ever seen Enemy at the Gates? Enemy at the Gates. Enemy yeah. at the Gates. It's a, it's a war movie about these two snipers um, during the, uh, the war, like Stalingrad, I think. Huh. Um, it's really good. And uh, yeah, that's my favorite Jude Law movie. That and Road to Perdition is really good, too. Yeah, he's good. Usually anything that he's in, I I like him. Yeah, yeah. He's a funny actor. I know, like, when I was looking at his his filmography, you know, he, you would consider him an A-list, but he makes weird choices and odd, quirky movies, which are cool. Yeah, he just kind of does what he wants. Yeah, I respect that. That's pretty cool. Kind of like Robert Pattinson, the guy who played um, Edward. Edward, another Nicholas Cage. Oh God! Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point Nicholas Cage just shows up at people's sets in a T-shirt. He's like, "I'm here. What movie am I in?" <laughs> just Have make you up seen a- the, the trailer for the new Nicholas Cage vampire movie? Yes, oh, Renfield. Renfield. I do want to watch that. Yeah, Rachel's very excited about that. I one. am. Yeah, we just watched yeah, Nicholas Cage as Dracula. I'm there. Yeah, we just watched Mandy. Did you watch Mandy? Man, I've missed Mandy. I've, I've heard I need to watch it. So oh, it I've is. Heard a... it's, I've heard it's batshit crazy. Oh, really wild <laughs> fucking it's an ride! It, I got done watching it and I was like, shit, I can never watch that movie for the first time again. <laughs> I mean, it's got everything. I can't even. If I explain anything, it'll ruin it. I just gotta let you experience yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's finish. Uh, okay, sorry. We're just like let's talk about horror movies. Okay. <laughs> um, so he finally picks up Anne's call and she comes over. And I mean, really, stuff happens here, but most of what's happening is he explains to her that like he's dying, and the reason he's dying is because he doesn't want to kill her. And she's like, "Well, that's kind of hot. I think I'm gonna stick around." 
which is a <laughs> which is a bold choice. This guy was literally like, so I'm a serial killer, and I kill women to feed on the love they feel for me. And she was like, oh, he's so tragic. <laughs> They're just distracted by hot. his attractiveness. She's like, I think I'll stick around. He's definitely not going to kill me. He's, I'm different. I can fix him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by i don't know watching him die i don't know um but she's there she ends up staying with him like sitting vigil as he passes away but also keeping him like she keeps him from dying i don't know it's a real what is she doing right like why is she there and i think it's just so he won't feel alone in her in her mind because she's made up of all of these stories and this romanticized view of life and of people. And so she thinks he's better than he actually is. Because as soon as he gets to the point where he's like, shit, I'm about to die. He's like, you know what? Actually, I'm out of Band-Aids. And I think I'm going to go to I think I'm gonna go to CVS and grab some Band-Aids. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll go. It's fine. <laughs> Even though we just saw him with a whole pack of elastoplasts. <laughs> and so she goes into the elevator and she's like, oh, I got one in my purse. So she goes back to give it to him, and he's prepping the bed. And right. she's like, oh, shit. Which bold of him to think he was going to get her into bed. Bold. Mm-hmm. After, in his condition. After in, she's been watching him die for the last like, three days. In her perception of his condition. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he thought he'd get one last pity go at it. I don't know what he is. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, and then we get the cool, he chases her down the elevator. And he's faster than the elevator, and she can right. see him as she's going like around, right. which I he's always thought was kind of cool and creepy. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then she goes up, and he chases her up, and I told Matt she should really just keep going up and down <laughs> until, he, like, <laughs> until he passes oh. out. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then she gets brilliant. out. <laughs> you can't get me if I'm still in the elevator. <laughs> no, but she gets out and she runs up to the roof, which I don't know why everybody always runs to the roof. There's no escape from the roof. It's more dramatic when it's on the roof. I guess. And now it's night. It wasn't night earlier, but it's night now. Matt is always keen to know. <laughs> right. He's the, like, in the elevator scene, there's sunlight coming in the windows. Yeah. I know. He's like, there was sun a minute ago. Why is it night now? Shh. It's not the point. It's not why we're here. And so, Because this is when they could film on the roof. It's fine. It's fine. And so he runs at her and she like collapses against the wall and she's like i don't love you and he's like it's fine it's fine there's enough love in there we get, it's, it's still in your blood it's fine it's fine and so she ends up trying to throw herself off the roof which may be part of the reason she was sitting with him was just to make sure he didn't go out and kill anybody else mm-hmm. it's possible but she tries to throw herself off the roof because she's like not getting me and he catches her and so she takes the chopstick out of her hand and out of her hair and stabs him in the hand. And he ends up pulling her up anyway. And she just leaves. She's like, you know what? You're on your own. I tried to fix you and you didn't want to be fixed. You just wanted to kill me. And so I'm leaving. And somehow he gets down to his apartment and into his little lair. Right. And then we get our repeat of the monologue from the beginning. But we get an ending about what happens after he lets go. And how good it felt to finally let go. When I was a boy, I fell out of a tree. But I managed just to grab a branch. I hung there for a long time, terrified. The silence. The 
and the pain in my arms and the blood pounding in my ears. And then I fell. I don't remember what happened when I hit the ground. All I can remember now is the agony of holding on and the wonderful feeling. letting go after the agony of holding on. after the agony of holding on and so there ah. that's the theme for our movie and that's the end that's it he dies theoretically i'm wondering if he shut himself in his secret room and when that apartment gets like <laughs> repossessed and rented out <laughs> is it going to smell Can or is there like a tight enough seal on Can the doors you get this you're like oh this this cool this apartment's so cool look at the metal wall that's the shit man and then it hits like what 2000 and then you try to hang something on the bolts no no it's like it hits like 2002 and you're like this wall's nonsense why is this up here and you take it off and you find out there's a secret compartment behind there full of like serial killer trophies and a dead body and a dead body that's that's for immortality part two (laughs) <laughs> hopefully somebody makes it it's just a short movie about finding were you disappointed body. by the end of the film no i wasn't i think that was no. exactly where it needed to go yeah yeah i don't know what else you'd do um, no. because he's just kind of lost and alone he doesn't right, know what it's he more is. about the dramatic struggle of him what he has to do yeah to keep on living yeah because mm-hmm. he literally has to i mean it's it's not just go out pick somebody kill them come home it's like, I have to find somebody, I have to seduce them, I have to make them actually love me, which the fact that he can do that multiple times in a row, like multiple times per year is like kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have just written a book. He wouldn't have had to work well, as a doctor. I mean, he's Jude Law. <laughs> he is Jude Law. <laughs> That's I know, not really yeah. something you could put in a like self help book. <laughs> Again, can like, you... <laughs> be really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Step one: be like Jude Law. Be Jude Law. Don't have the haircut from the beginning. Have the haircut from twenty minutes in. Don't have the. That's weird right. He did group. have a different hairdo in the beginning. Yeah, he has like curly. It wasn't bangs. working. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was like no. a hair piece, and they were like, "You know, no. it's not. It's fine. We're just gonna cut it." <laughs> He's got a new identity now. He's got cut hair instead of slightly right. longer hair. Right. Yeah. Again, can you imagine if you find out you're like this and you look like like Steve Buscemi? That would. I'd <laughs> be like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm just gonna start." To death. It would work better during the internet age, right? Because you could. You could get Catfish. you could hook somebody before yeah. they know what you look like. Yeah. No, I'm not. Um, I don't know. So, what was your overall feeling on this movie? My overall feeling is, um, I understand why this is an overlooked vampire film. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I, I honestly I think it plays better as not a vampire film. Mm. Um, I was hoping it was going to go down the road of you ever seen a movie called martin uh yes. george a romero yes yeah. yes I have. so the guy who thinks he's a vampire but he's actually just fucked up serial killer so <laughs> i was kind of like i was hoping that would be the case here and it wasn't he was actually a real vampire um and i say vampire with quotation marks yes. <laughs> loosely because <laughs> there's no vampire tropes in this 
movie, right? He's walking in sunlight. It, you know, garlic or crosses don't hurt him. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any fangs. It's He doesn't sleep in a coffin. Not that I need those things for it to be a good vampire movie, but they just threw all the rules out the window and we're going to do it this way, which is fine, but it just <laughs> overall. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was probably a mistake to even market this at all as a vampire. I movie. don't think they should. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. It yeah. would have been better if it was yeah. like, you know, just a, just like a Dexter kind of serial killer guy. Who right. You, right. You grow well, to You can you have the supernatural aspect, but just don't call him a vampire. Right. I think we, sure. yeah. I kind of think we have to have the vampire element at least a little bit, at least him believing he's a vampire in order to drive this you, forward. And even just say he's like a demon trapped in human form or right, something. Well, no, right? You don't no. even have to get into the mythology of it. It's like he has to kill women and drink their blood, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have fangs. Like none, right. of, none of the other vampire aspects apply to him well all the like let me read the description from imdb for you right right so it's vampire in london London searches for ideal woman to redeem him that is that has fuck all to do with the movie right (laughs) except the fact that he need to be redeemed from what uh, i don't except the fact that he's in london which is accurate the rest of it is just like (laughs) searches for woman searches for woman yeah yeah you know another movie that's Similar is The Hunger, 1983's The Hunger. Oh, yeah, with David Bowie. Uh, yeah, which yeah. very, very similar to this, you know. Are they vampire? I mean, they, they're, they're different kind of vampires. They don't bite, they use like these little yeah. tiny blades. The little onk things. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, you know, I, I'm glad I watched it. Um, and I'm glad that uh, you demanded that I watch this instead of Near Dark. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just. My, my thought on that was I've seen it, you've seen it. Let's right. just no, no, it's, it was seen. it was yeah. enjoyable. It was good. Is it my favorite vampire movie? No, no, no. But um, I can mark this one off the list now. Like, yeah, yeah. I got it's it. It's one of those ones that every once in a while I think, hmm, I think I'd like to rewatch that one just to like watch it one more time because once you realize mm-hmm. that there's so much subtlety in the movie, and you know all all the things that you pointed out that I missed. It, it might bear a rewatching. Like, you know what? Now that you point these little subtle things out, maybe I might enjoy it more my second viewing. So you know what? There's hope. There's hope. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. I just think it's a shame that it was marketed so poorly. And yeah. that we do I mean, because it's such an interesting take on the romance vampire, and I really wish we had done it less like artsy heavy handed. That we had I don't know. We if we'd given him just a little bit more vampireness, it would have played a little better. Where he's like, yes, he's a vampire. Yeah. He's got a little bit more of the vampire characteristics, but he also needs them to love him. Right. Yeah. And I if think, he had like a cool cape, it would have been even better. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he did have and a cool trench coat and a castle. Yeah. Oh, I love all of his suit. His like black. Yeah. His like solid yeah. black costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Jude Law looks really good in all of those. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Love him. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, I'll watch any movie with Jude Law in it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, well, Can't thank- go wrong. Can't go wrong. Thank you so much for watching this for us. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me on um, and suggesting this movie. You know, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah, anytime. We're here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have anything you felt like you wanted to say that we 
Didn't give you a chance to. Uh, no, no, yeah. I think we covered it all. Like, no, um, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I said, <so> <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, like I, I had a good time watching it, and I'm actually surprised that this one slipped through my view, my my horror viewing over the years. You know, I had never heard of this film, and I'm a Jude Law fan. Yeah. So. Like, but I had no idea well, this it's even got, existed. It's got so. two titles. <laughs> it made, I know they don't make it the easy. Description is so generic. <laughs> the description is terrible. I went on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and they had some of the character names wrong. Like Anne oh, wasn't wow. Anne late levels. She was Anne Label. I was like, oh my god, please. <laughs> <laughs> Movie descriptions by ChatGPT. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. I know, and all of the reviews are from like 2008, and they were all like, "This isn't like Twilight at all." And I was just like, "I can't." You know what? I can't right now. It's like I'm just going to close this. <laughs> I will say this is better than Twilight. Hey, you, you know that. what? It's a low bar, better but it's a love bar. Story than Twilight. There you it's go. A bar. I know there you go. joke about that's, Twilight. That's my final word. Better than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Absolutely. And thank you, you have a good, uh, it's afternoon for you or evening-ish. It is evening. It is seven o'clock. So yeah. I'm going to go eat some dinner. Okay. Well, enjoy. Awesome. We'll see you guys soon. Okay. Bye. 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 Yeah, what everyone wants is for evil people to be off somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds. And they can be separate from ordinary men and women and, and destroyed. But the line that separates good and evil cuts through every human heart. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? Pieces of one and a creature, a crocodile who needs a job, who needs a bank account, a place to live. I'm a mistake.